Welcome to the Art Life Faith Podcast, and I'm your host, Roger Lowther. I want to give you all a brief report from our relief trip to Ishikawa Prefecture last weekend. Responding to the needs from that enormous 7.6 magnitude earthquake that struck the region on January the 1st, 2024. My church, Grace City Church Tokyo, sent a youth team of three adults and seven junior high, high school, and college students, which was basically a mini missions trip, which for many of them was their first experience to do anything like this in their entire lives. Man, it was a really long day. We left the cabin where we were staying in Nagano just after 4 a.m. Drove just over three hours through sleet and slush, which is actually kind of dangerous conditions, to get to Uchinata Bible Church, the church in Kanazawa City that's serving as the largest base for Christian relief work in Ishikawa. This Christian effort is called Noto Help, which is a combined effort from Christians all over Japan. Noto being the name of the peninsula where the earthquake damage was the worst. After receiving a short orientation, we got some special shirts that marked the logo with Noto Help, which proved essential for getting by the roadblocks that were preventing people from getting up into the peninsula, which I guess is there just to keep the car traffic down. They don't want people going up there just to, you know, look at the destruction. And from there, we drove to the city of Nanao, which is where Noto Help has their warehouse. And from that point, we split into three teams. The job of team one was to organize the warehouse. So this warehouse has been receiving supplies from churches all over Japan. And a lot of it was a little bit disorganized. (laughs) So we had the job of making an inventory of what the new donations were and organizing them. Blankets, blue tarps, adult diapers, toilet paper, and so many other things. One youth commented, I counted 5,418 masks, just in the regular size, not including small size, sort of small size, or oversized. No, I've never seen so many masks in my life. The youth also made 122 variety bags full of essential items like toothbrushes, toothpaste, wet towels, soap, little heating pads to warm your hands. And these bags will be handed out later at shelters. They also wrote small cards for each of the bags with the Noto Help logo and messages like, we're praying for you, Inoterio. Three of us headed to the largest shelter in the region, which housed over 750 people after the quake, if you can believe it. But now, almost two months later, only 173 people still live there, waiting for temporary housing or to find another living space. Well, I talked to the director of the shelter and was given permission to give a concert in the lobby just outside the main doors into the room where everyone was staying. My 14-year-old son, Cohen, set up his koto, the traditional Japanese harp, and I played the grand piano that happened to be there. It was so cool to see people line up. They sat on the chairs to watch and listen or would just stand in the hallway along the walls. Those who walked by would pause for a bit to listen and comment things like beautiful and wonderful and I wish I could play like that. One woman, I'm told, was wiping tears from her eyes while I was playing and then came up to talk to me afterwards. And she told me that the music was so deeply moving that it gave her peace. Thank you for today, she told me. Because of you, I'm going to sleep well tonight. 
And I can't tell you how rewarding it is for a musician to hear something like that, that somehow my playing was useful, that it helped and encouraged somebody. Outside the shelter, there were about 20 temporary toilets that lined up next to a big pool. And you're supposed to take a bucket and fill the bucket with water from the pool and then use that to flush afterwards. Well, one of the youth was carrying her bucket of water into the toilet and she told me later that she had never used a temporary toilet before. And um, as she was trying to get in, this older woman was coming out and she was just so embarrassed and she tried to go to another spot. And she was just remarking later, it's like she couldn't imagine living that way. And how are old people expected to carry a bucket of water and then like kind of hold it against their body as they're trying to open up the door with one hand and go in? And she's like, I just... I cannot imagine, the, just the simplest things like using the toilet. She, she had not imagined how challenging that would be after an earthquake. And then we learned also that many of the older people aren't drinking enough water just so they don't have to use the bathrooms as much, which of course leads to all other kinds of health problems. And then from some of the people that were working at the shelter were telling me how they plan to shut that shelter down in a month at the end of March and then move everyone they can into temporary housing that's currently being built. The third team from our youth group went to Suzu City, which is another two and a half hours north up the peninsula. And mind you, this is already after four and a half hours of driving. Most of the buildings were destroyed or heavily damaged after the earthquake and the six-foot tsunami that followed in that region. So we brought 60 cases of water to a medical clinic that was just kind of a day clinic, just working during the day. And then a shelter in a hoikuen, which is like a preschool, so in a school. And then a private residence as well. And many sections of the road getting there were impassable due to landslides, requiring the trucks to frequently use hastily made alternate routes. Now, my 18-year-old son, Easton, is one of the youth who went on that trip further north, and he was telling me how cold it was up there with the wind. I mean, it was really cold where we were. There was a cold front that just come through. But way up at the end of the peninsula, there was being in the middle of the ocean, you know, and all the wind. It was so cold, and it was so moving. On their way back, they stopped where the tsunami had been, and he found this clock that had stopped right at the time that the tsunami had hit at 4.49 p.m. and took a picture with it and just trying to imagine what had happened on that day and looking around and seeing the destruction. The first floor of almost every building was gone. It was just really, really hard. It's different seeing it on TV and actually seeing it in person, you know? Anyway, by the time we all got back to the cabin around midnight, one of the cars didn't get there till 1 a.m. We were so tired, I can't even tell you. But God really blessed the trip. And during our worship together the next morning on a Sunday, it was so great to hear the youth process their time together. One of the youth was remarking how it was so clear that everyone knew we were Christians by what was written on our shirts. And same with the Salvation Army who were working with us. So everywhere we went, people knew we were Christians. And he was wondering aloud, what does that look like in Tokyo? Like, How do we make our identity known as Christians in Tokyo? And how do we show the presence of God in Tokyo? 
It was a really interesting discussion as well. Let me tell you a quick story. So in the aftermath of the 2011 earthquake, 13 years ago, we became good friends with a local family who was participating in the relief efforts. Their daughter, who was in third grade at the time, is now 21 years old and recently became a Christian through her ongoing relationship with our family and through the church community. And she joined us on this recent relief trip to Ishikawa, excited to help as her parents did 13 years ago, but also to share her new faith in God, who's with us even in disasters. It was a really powerful trip, and there's a lot more I could share about it. And you know, March 11, the anniversary of the earthquake in 2011, is uh, right around the corner. There are many events that are being planned up north to remember that day and the people lost. So I'm also going to make the ebook versions of my books, Aroma of Beauty and Pippi the Piano, free through Amazon on that day, March 10, March 11. This goes for the Japanese version as well as the English version. These books tell the stories of how God worked after that terrible disaster of 2011. So if if you've already bought a copy of either of these books, paperback, hardcover, audiobook, thank you. I so appreciate it. But why not go ahead and pick up the copy of the ebook as well? Uh, completely free and something you'll have on your phone, right? You can show people or talk about. And uh, hey, if you're studying Japanese, this might be a fun way to try to read through some of the Japanese version as well. Anyway, if you do get one, it would certainly be a great help if you could rate it and leave a review on Amazon so more people can find the books. Okay, so in our last episode, I told you a little bit about the trip Tsumugu and I took to Fukushima for Christmas concerts. Tsumugu played the tsunami violin made from debris from the tsunami. The sound post of that violin was made from one of the most famous trees in Japan, the Kiseki no Ipponmatsu. The Miracle Pine Tree. And in one of those concerts, I played a piano famous in that area, the Kiseki no Piano, the Miracle Piano. And then right next to the broken nuclear power plants, I played what's known as the Fallen Organ. It was such a powerful trip in so many ways, and I think I'll never forget the people or events from that trip. And if you want to hear more about it, you can listen to the previous episode, episode 55 of the Art Life Faith podcast. So this episode, I'd like to share with you a conversation I had with Tsumugu Misugi just before our Art Life Faith event in December. This was actually recorded before our trip to Fukushima as well, which I already told you about in the last episode. So here you'll hear us talk about our feelings going into that trip. I first met Sumugu when he was only 15 years old. He had just entered high school and was volunteering in Ishinomaki in the area where the tsunami had hit. And when I heard him play, I was like, oh man, I need to bring him down to Tokyo to perform in our next conference, which he was happy to do and did an amazing job. Well, last year he graduated from the Berklee School of Music in Boston which many Japanese consider the best jazz school in the world because some very famous Japanese jazz artists graduated from there. And he moved to Tokyo where we reconnected just a few months ago. And here is our conversation. 
So I'm sitting here with Tsumugu Misugi, who is going to be doing an Art Life Faith event for us tonight. Thank you so much for sitting down for this podcast. Thank you for having me here. I'm very excited to be here today. Yeah, well, you're not the only one. I mean, I've been getting emails from a lot of people from far off places that are coming tonight to hear you and hear what you're going to have to share. Yeah, I heard that people coming from far away places um and i'm very honored to be given this opportunity to share and i hope that i hope that i make the trip worthwhile <laughs> for them. Oh, i'm sure well i mean you just you live like this uh, dream life i would say for for so many you're what 26 years old mm -hmm. and you are accomplished in composition writing scores for video games for korean dramas or a japanese film uh, live performances with orchestras. I mean, here, I want to hear from your own <laughs> words. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I would I would say it's not a normal life for sure. I'm very blessed um, to be able to live um, just writing, making music. Um, so, yeah, I write music for video games. I write music for TV dramas, films. Um, and mainly for orchestral um, contexts, but mm -hmm. yeah. I remember you, you showed me a picture of you, your home studio mm -hmm. that you had to live a little bit outside the city in order to be able to get a place where you could record and uh, you know, and there's like, it's, it just looks like you're kind of sci-fi with all these monitors and all this equipment and there you are like recording yourself on the violin and it looks pretty cool. <laughs> it's a really cool space that, you know, I'm very proud of. I'm very blessed and honored that I have the opportunity to work in a space like that. Um, it's also a space that I'm in like uh, more than 10 hours a day. So I just wanted to make sure yeah. that I am, you know, the most inspired when I'm in that space. So, yeah, I had to go a little outside of the city um, to find a place where I could make um, music. 24 7 um when you're a composer you don't have office hours right you know uh it's very project based yeah right? so <laughs> Deadline based. yeah when you're working on a couple projects at a time that means you're you know writing overnight and sleeping during the day uh, uh -huh. depends on where the client is in the world because of time zones and everything uh -huh. um, you know you have meetings um at like three in the morning so, yeah, I'm very happy about my studio currently. You said you didn't always, we were talking before we started recording, that uh, your very first recording space was an abandoned church? Yeah, right? so <laughs> <laughs> I got into this line of work. I mean, I've been playing music my whole life, but I started writing uh, music for uh, film and video games um, during COVID. And at that time, I was looking for a space that I could, uh, make into a studio um, without getting disturbed by my dogs at home. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that would be a proper recording. Yeah, so and I found a church that was abandoned because they had to stop service during COVID and couldn't get an, enough um, money <laughs> to to last through COVID. And so I, oh. it was an abandoned church, abandoned floor in a building with just a bunch of chairs for the congregation. Mm -hmm. And so I set them up. I, I stacked the chairs to make it look like a, like acoustic panels. <laughs> um, looking wow. back, it's 
definitely not the best sound that you can <laughs> but it worked for you know i'm i'm still very fond of the music that i wrote in that space it was a very strange um working environment but that's where it started yeah i imagine you having these like bed sheets over it as well is that or some kind of like soundproofing blankets Did you? <laughs> um i yeah i would um try to pull the curtains from the windows (laughs) yeah um yeah we made it work um but yeah i recorded violin i recorded cello in that space i wrote probably my first few scores in that space so yeah that's really cool all right so what um what projects are you working on now that you can tell us about that you're allowed to um so currently i'm writing uh music for a video game uh that's being produced in singapore uh it's we are targeting to release a beta version for Tokyo Game Show next year in September and a full release to the public at the end of the year wow. uh, next year. Um, I, I'm i not allowed to um, say the name of uh, some of the dramas that I'm working for, but I'm writing currently for a couple of Korean dramas. Um, and I also did orchestration and violin recording on a movie called My Night uh, that came out in Japan two days ago. Awesome. I can't yeah. wait to see it. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's in theaters right now, so if you, if you have time. Very cool. <laughs> All right. So, what you know, I a lot of people try to imagine what video game music is like, you know, with Mario Brothers, you know, dun 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 dun. dun. I mean, is that what you're talking about or um, what kind of music <laughs> are you writing? Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people grew up with and I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, um it's really cool music, da, but da, 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 da. Yeah, (laughs) you know, but that's um, a lot of that came because of the limitations of the gaming consoles and devices that they had, the technology at that time. Right. Yeah, it was very digital, right? Yeah. But now um, we have the technology to basically put in audio files and program them into the game. And so a lot of the music that I write for video games is orchestral or hybrid orchestral. So a mix of Mm -hmm. electronics and orchestra. And that's where you get huge, epic orchestral scores for music. So that's kind of the, I guess, the genre of gaming music that I write. That's awesome. <laughs> you said that there's a little clip of something that we could play. Yeah, um, this piece of music, you know, when you first start out, I think a lot of people have this question, like, how do I become a film composer? How do I become uh-huh. a game composer when there is no game? or a film, you know? And I went through the same questions, and I realized that, the first thing I had to do was to prove to people that I could write music. And so this piece of music was really what started everything for me. Um, uh, it's called She Comes From The Stars. And it was a random name that I came up with because I had no film, I had no <laughs> game. Right. But I just thought, I just had this image of after I wrote the piece. I n- mm-hmm. didn't have the title before, but just of this like heroine just like zooming through the cosmos. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, so I think we can play a little bit of that. Great, let's have it here. Yeah.
Right, so now might be a good time to kind of jump back when we first met mm -hmm. uh, up in Ishinmaki in the disaster area soon after the tsunami had hit and you were working up there and then I invite you to come down and perform in one of our conferences mm -hmm. and uh, what you were 15 at that time I is that so. right yeah and um, you played the guitar in a style that I have never uh, really heard someone play at least live before in that way it, it was pretty darn cool so uh anyway i just want to play a little clip here for our listeners It's so awesome. I love hearing it again. It's just, <laughs> it's just like, I mean, it was, I think it was the highlight of the conference. <laughs> like to have this, like, well, I mean, you appear to be this child prodigy, like slapping away at the guitar and, and just like not playing the no way normal people <laughs> do. You were saying you were just having fun with it, right? Yeah. I mean, growing up playing classical violin, music was always an extremely serious business, you know? Mm. Um, you know going to church as a kid my friends would be like hey let's go for dinner after service and i would ask my mom like hey can i go for dinner with this friend and she would be like you can make a choice you can play or you can go home and practice for your competition next week you know that was the kind <laughs> of childhood that i had so guitar i picked up way later than violin but um Mm -hmm. it, I, it was my ex escape you know it was yeah. where i learned that hey music can be fun and i think that's why i gravitated towards that style of uh, playing guitar um which was you know just like slapping the strings and slapping right. the body and things like that yeah yeah i'd, I'd love to hear you do it again sometime <laughs> for sure <laughs> i would i would have to practice i'm a little rusty now but. so after that you graduated you went to berkeley in boston yeah i went right? to berkeley college of music um in Singapore, there is a two-year... Well, Singapore's where I grew up, so um, there's a two-year mandatory military service right out of high school, so I did mm -hmm. that, and then I went to Berkeley, and I actually just graduated this year. Oh, congratulations. And you moved to Tokyo to yeah, work here. I, I, I moved to Tokyo with no plan <laughs> um, yeah. but i'm very glad i came and you know i'm s s gradually getting connected to the community here so yeah, yeah we're really glad you're here and i'm looking forward to um so listeners uh Tsumugi and i are going to head up to the disaster area for christmas this month and give a bunch of concerts which i'm really looking forward to yeah we're gonna be or i'm gonna be playing the tsunami violin um do you want to talk a bit more about that definitely yeah so just before we started recording the two of us went to go pick up this instrument and it was made by a violin maker who wanted to do something to to bring healing in the disaster area and help people remember and to bring hope to bring life and so we went and talked to the uh, the company a little bit and you tried um, there were two tsunami violins, yeah. right? So you had to try. And tell me what you, your impressions were of that. Yeah, you know, initially when you proposed the idea um, that we do this concert on this violin, I was a little afraid. You know, mm. um, violin is a very 
complicated instrument. You know, it's made out of wood with no nails, no metal. <laughs> um, mm. And so every single instrument is slightly different. And so um, your intonation, you know, how you play uh, really changes according to the instrument. And I have never performed on an instrument that isn't mine. So this is the first time and I was, mm-hmm. you know, slightly like, you know, am I am I going to be able to adjust to this instrument? But once I played it, you know, it's like everything fell in place. And I was telling you that the violin had tonal qualities that mm-hmm. I look for in, in, in a violin. And so I think I think we're going to be OK. <laughs> I think I'll be able to get used to it pretty soon. Yeah, I heard you asking the staff. You're like, is it OK if I record some things with this? Yeah, <laughs> um, I've not said this to you um, but um it's just been in my brain like that on top of being a violinist i'm also a composer and i don't know mm-hmm. if anything has been written for the instrument and since you know i have three weeks with the instrument i thought maybe it might be cool to write something and record it um yeah you know and if, if that leads to anyone getting you know hope from that instrument even if they're not able to make the concerts i think yeah, but um, I'll have to start working on that soon then. <laughs> I'd love to see what you come up with. Yeah, and you know, uh, she told us that there's a quartet of uh, tsun- tsunami right. instruments, so right. it might be cool in the future if I could write something for the tsunami instruments as a quartet. Yeah, definitely. So not with organ, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, okay, the solo violin <laughs> one will be with organ. I guess there is no tsunami organ. You could make one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, um, I found it interesting, you know, their project was to have a thousand performers of this violin and what number was it? She said that you were going to be, I am the 833rd performer. (laughs) That's so cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they were saying how there's been thousands of concerts because each performer does quite a few concerts with it. Yeah. Um, I was telling you before that because of the fact that so many people have played it before me you can really mm. sense you know the 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 thoughts and the heart behind every single performer that mm. has performed on the instrument yeah um yeah I, I could immediately tell the moment i picked up the instrument that i was playing something special yeah it's definitely special and there's quite a history too she was telling us how yo-yo ma has played the cello yeah and the uh, the emperor himself has played the viola. <laughs> I think it's pretty awesome that our current Japanese emperor is a violist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It definitely gives a better uh, image to the to viola. The viola. <laughs> <laughs> right. All those viola jokes you can't tell them in Japan. Okay, exactly. that's now a rule here. <laughs> or you'd be offending the emperor of Japan. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so you know, we are going up. Actually, it's kind of going to be a special uh, couple days in Iwaki because that Saturday is the very first church that we had connected to after the, the earthquake and tsunami in order to bring up supplies mm-hmm. and that we still have that relationship today. And then the next day, we're going to be giving concerts with First Baptist, which is a church that was right next to the nuclear power plants and some of their their church members worked at the nuclear power plants and then they had to leave and kind of were migrating all over trying to find a new home and settled in Iwaki. So first we're going to give a concert with them. 
But then we're going up and giving a concert right next to the nuclear power plants, just three miles away mm -hmm. to the chapel that they had just built. They had just dedicated their organ. And, um, and now we're going to be going back into that space, which at first I was a little bit... Uh, fearful of whether this is a good idea or not <laughs> you know, it's like i remember you sending me the email like you were gonna be really close to the power plant do you still want to do this <laughs> i called my mom i was like hey yeah i just got this email from roger what do you think and she was like you know if it's meant to be if this is god's plan sure he'll he'll, he'll protect you and i was like okay <laughs> yeah i mean because i remember back when the disaster happened i thought they were saying hey, you have to wait 50 years before you can go back into the area mm -hmm. but now it's only been 12 mm -hmm. and they reopened that area this year yeah and so they wanted to kind of have a rededication of the building and of the organ and to be able to bring the tsunami violin into that space and give a concert, I think, is going to be really special. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, I think. Um, thank you so much for having me on this. Such, such yeah, a special no. event, of not course. just for myself. I think it's going to really make a mark on my, my journey as a musician. And hopefully I can bring some kind of hope I to to the people coming for the concert. So. Yeah. yeah, it's it's an amazing story too about this violin. I probably shouldn't talk about this now, but I'm I'm playing in my head with an idea for a children's book. Uh, you know, we've put out a children's book about the tsunami piano <laughs> before, Pippi the piano, and uh, now I'm having an idea for this uh, Vivi the violin, and just her t seeing the story of of we have living a happy life, and then this disaster comes and her life is completely torn apart and how she thinks it's the end she thinks you know she's in despair that there is no hope and then this violin maker comes in and gives her new life and new hope and it's just um helping kids know how to respond to disaster and really dark times and despair and to see it through the eyes of this little girl who's a, a violin i think would be a powerful story if we can bring it to completion at some point <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to it i think it will be you know it is a very difficult concept and feeling to explain um in words and especially yeah. to children mm. and i think you know art like the drawings and the book and music can help to um you know even if children don't fully understand um, I think it, it is one way of connecting with them and helping them resolve some of these feelings. Yeah, definitely. I guess that's all the time we have. We really need to practice a little before this event tonight for all these concerts. So thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me on the podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for ha having me. I think maybe I can mention my um, SNS. Sure. Okay. So because uh, we'll be traveling uh, with the violin and I'll be updating um, my social media awesome. with um, all the information and what we're doing with the tsunami violin and everything. So the best place to find it would be on my Instagram, um, mm -hmm. which is hello to H-E-L-L-O-T-S-U. And for my other work, you can find it on my website, which is tsu-music.com. Great. And I'll list those in the program notes, the show notes for this podcast, so oh, people can you. find it on the website as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Roger. You can read the show notes for this episode at my website, www.rogerwlowther.com. 
Thank you so much for listening. As we say in Japan, じゃあまたね。See you next time.